Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. Acts chapter 16, this is what it says. And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision immediately, we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace. Y'all hear all these big, fancy words? You know what you do when you run into a word like that? You just confidently say it and move on. Uh, And then nobody nobody knows, okay? Uh, So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace and following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days, and on the Sabbath day, we went outside to the gate to the riverside where where, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after, listen, she was baptized. Just conversation, she was baptized. Uh, In her household as well, she urged us saying, if you have judgment to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this, and this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and it came out of the, that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison." ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw the prison doors were open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus. You will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed God. 
Amen, amen. Title of message today, Closed Doors and Broken Chains. Let's pray. Father God, I ask that you would just, you would continue to, uh, to be with us as we dig into your word, as we continue to dive in here this morning, uh, that this, this word would just be made alive in us, Lord. Thank you that you're opening hearts right now, you're opening ears, and that you would bring clarity, Father, and that your word would go out on good grounds. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen, amen, amen. Have you, uh, have you ever walked in on a conversation before that someone was having, and it was like a deep conversation, and you like showed up, you walked in, it was kind of awkward? You ever been there before? I just walked in on this, right? You ever done that before? The other day, I was, uh, <laughs> I had this happen. So I, I was just walking by, and, and I overheard this really deep conversation these people were having about life. And so naturally, I'm not going to, you know, interject myself in the conversation and go, well, this is what I think, right? So, you know, I just kind of self-decide, I'm just listening. <laughs> Have you ever done that before? You're like, okay, now this is getting really weird. I'm just over here listening to what they're talking about. But the conversation, they were having, they were going on and on and on, and they were getting passionate about it. They were talking about life, and what they were talking about specifically was, they were saying, isn't it crazy that we're here? Like, out of all the chances we had in life right? To, to actually be born. We're here. And then the other one like chimes in and he's like got statistics he's throwing out. And he's like, you know, if we were to go back in history and, and try to, the, the chances, the likelihood that we would be born again is like one in 477 trillion. And they're like, whoa, this is crazy, right? And they're, they're getting in this conversation. <laughs> and I started, I started thinking on that conversation. And you, you know what began to just kind of well up in me as a little bit is like, but actually, no, that's, that's not true. Because before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you. As, as much of a happenstance and chance it might feel like, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm here. Was it just coincidence that, that got me here? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Like, look, look, look at all the chances where I couldn't have been. As much as it may feel that way, before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you. He had a plan for you. You know that you're not here by chance. You're not here by accident. It doesn't matter what people have said. It doesn't matter what parents may have said or loved ones may have said. It doesn't matter what anybody says. God has a plan for your life. God has a calling on your life. You know, you have a general calling. We all have a general calling as followers of Jesus, calling us to go into all the world to preach the good news of the gospel, to teach the good news of the gospel. But you also have a specific calling on your life. You have a calling on your life. I think we hear that a lot of times in church world, and as Christians, we've heard that over and over, and, we, and if we're not careful, that kind of becomes numb to us, and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, got a, got a calling. No, God knows you, and he knew you before the foundations of the earth. You were thought in the mind of God, and God has a calling on your life, a unique, specific calling. So if you believe that calling, the question is, well, if I'm going to walk in the calling the Lord has given me, first, I've got to hear the voice of the Lord. I've got to know his calling, right? I've got to know what he's calling me into. But I also need to know, like, how the Lord works in my life. Like, how does the power of God move in my life? And, and this is so important. This is such an important thing for us to see. And when I look at Acts chapter 16, I can see a couple things very, very clear in this passage that we can take from today. And the first one I want to talk about is knowing how God leads us. If you're going to walk in the calling God has for your life, you got to know how the Lord leads. It's interesting to me when we read Acts 16, 
It starts out, what's going on? The Apostle Paul, he's making his way south. He is moving into what was, what was known as Asia Minor, uh, would be present-day Turkey, right? And a lot of people speculate that the Apostle Paul is moving towards the city of Ephesus because the city of Ephesus had so much influence that if he would have gone to Ephesus at this time, he's like, well, this, this would have made sense. This would have been perfectly logical. He's moving into Ephesus because he wants to go to a city with influence so he can push the word of God out. He can spread the message, the good news of the gospel. And on his way, as he's making his way, as, as the Apostle Paul is taking steps, that's what's going on. He's moving, he's moving. What does scripture say? That the Holy Spirit forbids him to go there. <laughs> and a lot of times we read scriptures like this and we go, okay, no big deal. The Spirit forbid him to go there. Not next. Then it says it again. He, he continues to move on to another city. And what does it say? Again, it says, but he was forbidden to go there by the Spirit. Now, what's, what's the Apostle Paul going to do? Is he going to do a bad thing? He's going to, do, he's going to teach. He's going to bring the message. It's a good thing, right? But the Holy Spirit says, no, no, not there. Not right now. Not there, not now. And the more I started thinking on this, the more I started meditating on this word, is like, it's interesting that God allows the Apostle Paul to go through the process of taking a step, and then God saying, nope, not there. And then, and then taking another step over here and going, no, not there. And this is what you need to know today, that our God is a God of open doors, and our God is also a God of closed doors. And sometimes I think as Christians, we, we can get so caught up in looking for the open door. Where are you leading me? God, oh, there, there it is. There's an open door. And, and, and sometimes, if we're not careful, we can become stagnant, not even taking steps in our spiritual walk, in the calling that God has given us, because we're waiting on a direct download from God to say, this is exactly what I want you to do. And we don't take any steps. Sometimes God will allow us to take a step to say, that's a closed door, and I don't want you to pursue that door. That's a closed door. I don't want you to go there. God is okay with you taking a step and saying, nope, not here. Nope, not there. Yes, here. Okay. Amen? He's not just a God of open doors. He's also a God of closed doors. And listen, closed doors can bring a lot of peace to your life. I think we think the only time I'm going to get peace is when I see the door wide open. But sometimes you need to, you need to, you need, <clears throat> sometimes you need to experience a closed door for God to say, no, not that. Okay. Then where are you leading me, God? This is how, how, how the Lord leads. God always leads in steps not in leaps. The Lord doesn't lead in leaps. He leads in steps. We take a step. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God leads us in steps. Oh God, what are you calling me to? You calling me to this? No, not that. And God's okay with you experiencing a closed door. Now, what could the apostle Paul have done? He could have said, you know, I know God's not leading me here, but logically, logistically, like, you know, practically, this makes sense. He could have continued on his journey. He could have continued to pursue where he was headed to. He could have continued to stay on that path. He could have, <clears throat> excuse me, he could have tried to continue to walk through a closed door. The Lord's like, no, not here, not here. This is not for you, not, not here, not now. So it's important that we don't try to barrel through doors that God has said no. <clears throat> now here's something I want to, so I want to, 
preach completely around this for you here this morning is this, for you to know is this. Sometimes a door may look open, and, and just because a door is open and there's an open invitation doesn't mean it's a door from the Holy Spirit. Uh, where we can get in trouble a lot of times is thinking, well, that's convenient, must be God. Well, this makes sense. Door seems wide open, must be from the Lord. Not every open door is from God. And, and some doors you might want to walk through that are open doors from the Holy Spirit, but they're not always easy. Sometimes taking a step into an open door that God's calling you to takes some faith to take that step. So look at Peter, right? And, and the Lord is out on the water, and he's calling out to Peter. And it takes a step, Peter, to step out of the boat and say, I'm, I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to trust you in this. So here's the key. It's not just looking for open doors. And it's not just looking for difficult, challenging situations. Thank you, Brady. Appreciate it, brother. It's not just looking for challenging situations. And it's not just looking for, for open doors. But it's, the key is this, is that you're staying in sync, in tune with God, the Holy Spirit. That he's leading me. He's guiding me. And that's how we're led. We're led by the Holy Spirit. second thing I want us to see in this is too, is how God moves. Power of God moves. So, so God leads, he'll lead us in steps <clears throat> and he leads through closed doors. He leads through open doors, but also how God moves. We see three different people in this passage and you see how the power of God moves in these people's lives, these individuals. Who's the first one? Y'all remember the woman named Lydia, Lydia, what does she do? She's a seller of purple goods. She sells purple clothing. What that means is for this time, you sold purple clothing. That was luxury. It was luxurious. Not everybody could get purple clothing. So Lydia would have been someone who was very wealthy. She would have had a lot of influence. Um, she would have had a lot of influential friends. That's who Lydia was. And, and what happens? The Apostle Paul moves into the city, and he walks down by the riverside, and, and Lydia's there, and she begins listening. And what does Scripture say in how God moves in Lydia's life? It says that the Lord opens her heart. To hear his word. And through this conversation, what happens? Her and her whole household are baptized, right? Through, through conversation. So the power of God moves in Lydia's life. The Lord opens her heart in this situation. <clears throat> you skip on right after this passage and what happens? Who do we encounter? Well, it just referenced this girl as a slave girl who has a spirit of divination. She's demonically possessed and she goes around fortune telling. And what does the Bible say she's doing? She's going around and she's She's basically mocking the Apostle Paul. She's walking, she's following him everywhere, and she's yelling out. And I love what Scripture says. It goes on to say that he was so greatly annoyed that he turns around. What does he do? He commands the Spirit. This is what I want you to hear me on this morning. He doesn't command the girl. He commands the Spirit. He's annoyed with the Spirit that's afflicting the girl. Let me tell you what America does. America gets annoyed with the girl. And then they take it out on the girl. And, and this is what I want you to hear me on today. Some of you need to start getting annoyed in the spirit. And, and if we spent more time in the spirit, praying in the spirit over something, and less time searching for a Facebook, Twitter, comment, debate war, it's going to lead to nothing. Because the battle is not in the flesh, but the battle is in the spirit. 
And I think that when Christians wake up and say, look, we got to fight this on the right level, and, uh, and we're fighting this battle, and sometimes in a lot of ways we're fighting it on the wrong level because we're not taking it to where the battle is actually happening. He turns around out of annoyance with the Spirit, and he commands it out. Some of you have tolerated something spiritual for way too long in your life, and you need to take the authority that Christ has given you, and you need to command some things out of your life. There are some things that we, can't, we cannot continue to tolerate in our lives. You need to start getting annoyed with the Spirit. And what's our weapon, church, that we have to do that? It's the Word of God. This is our weapon. You have a weapon. You are not sent into battle, spiritual warfare, to fight weaponless. You have a battle. Can you imagine if you were flown out on a mission in a helicopter, dropped in a place that you don't know anything about with a weapon you don't know how to use? and everybody's firing, and everybody's shooting at you. Can you imagine being in that situation? That's a lot of Christians today. Because when this gets left on the shelf, and, and we forget how to, how to use the weapon that we've been given, we've got to get in the Word, and we've got to use the weapon and the authority that Christ has given us. This is, this is where the battle is won, church. We've got to pick this up off the shelf. We've got to use the sword of the Spirit in our lives. We've got to know the Word. But I think a lot of people, it's like, well, it's like I'm going into battle, and I don't even know how to pull the trigger on the gun that I was given. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. And, and, then, and then the worst part is your enemy knows it. You don't even know how to use the weapon. It's just sitting on the shelf. We've got to get into God's Word. We've got to use the weapon that we have. He gets a, he found, he, so he gets annoyed with this. This, this spirit that's in this woman, he turns around and he commands it out of her life. And that woman in that moment, what happens? She experiences the power of God. Now, does she experience the power of God the exact same way that Lydia did? No. It's so she experiences the power of God in a different way, like a totally different way. So God's word never changes, but sometimes his methods and how his power shows up will change. This is what I want you to see this picture here this morning. Next, what happens? Paul and Silas get thrown into prison. And what happens from there? They're in prison. They begin to sing, right? They begin to worship the Lord. And all of a sudden, the doors of the prison fly open. All of a sudden, the, the chains fall off their feet. And the prison guard, what does he do? He immediately, he's like, I guess I gotta, I've got to kill. He tries to kill himself. And the reason he's, you're, you're like, well, that was dramatic. Like, why are you trying to kill? Whoa, whoa. So the reason he's doing that is because uh, that's what a dutiful officer would have done because they would have killed him if they would have uh, gotten away. And so when all the lights turn on, uh, Apostle Paul says, no, 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 don't, 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 don't harm yourself. We're all still here. And what does he do right away? Can you tell me how to be saved? So he, he sees the power of God in a different way. See, all three moments where God shows up in a powerful way. All three, God shows up in a different way for their lives. The first one with Lydia, it's conversation with the Apostle Paul. They're just sitting there. They're talking. They're having a discussion. Just in conversation. And her heart is opened by the Lord, and she receives what he's saying. The woman, she has a spirit that's cast out of her. She's walking around with a tormenting spirit, and that spirit gets cast out of her. She experiences the power of God. This man sees something supernatural, power of God, in, right in front of him. The prison doors fly open. The chains fall off. He experiences the supernatural power of God. And what can happen, I think, is if we're not careful in the church, and I've seen this growing up for years in church, is, is we can get so, so about methods of how we do ministry, how we do things, 
right? How we, how we approach different things. I've seen churches, they, they can't move forward because they can't paint the wall a different color. Because they're so, oh, that wall's been that color for years and we can't change it. Well, we can't change the carpet in here. Don't you know this is Holy Spirit carpet, right? <clears throat> no, we can't replace the chairs. Those chairs were donated by, you know, such or so-and-so, you know, 120 years ago. And, 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 and we, we get so married to the methods, right? I just want to tell you today that no matter where you're at in your calling, as you pursue your calling in life, as you go out and you do ministry for, for God, be prepared for God to just move in ways you've never seen before. This is the power of God to show up and you go, wow, never seen anything like that. That was incredible. Just powerful, powerful ways. And really the last thing that I want to talk about here today and in what I see in this story is the Apostle Paul, he, he does what the Lord says. He's obedient. He follows uh, the voice of the Lord where he's, calling, where he's calling him to go. And what does it lead him to? It leads him into a prison. You ever sit back and think about that for a little bit? Like he's not outside of the will of God. He's smack dab right in the will of God. And he's in a storm. Now, some of us, I think, we think, well, I'm in a storm. I must have really upset God. You, you could be right in God's will and be going through the, the worst battle you've ever dealt with in your life. That's where he finds himself, just in the middle of this prison. This dark prison. And what, what does he begin to do? Now, now you've got you to realize this prison would have had, potentially would have had sewer running through the floors, the lights would have been out. It was just a dirty, dark, broken place. Spiritually dark, physically dark, just a, a just dark, dark place. What does the Apostle Paul start doing with Silas? Here. He, it says that, it says he sings the old hymns. So, it's dark, darkness everywhere. And what does he do? He starts singing. Can you imagine? Put yourself in this situation. There's no peaceful piano playing. It's not a comfortable church. How great is our God. Sing with me, how great. Our God, oh, see how great, how great is our God. Just picture, just I want you to put yourself here for just a moment. Just the lowest of the low situation. And he doesn't allow the external circumstances to dictate his internal joy. Name above all names, worthy of all praise. And everybody starts singing. Do y'all know this song, church? Sing it with me. And my heart will sing how great is our God. And it's in the middle of his worship. It's in the middle of him praising God and honoring God. And glorifying God that what happens? Supernatural God shows up. And all of a sudden the prison doors open. And all of a sudden the chains fall off. 
And here's what's really, really cool about all of this is in that moment, the prison doors open, the chains fall off, and everybody is set free. You realize that? Everyone is set free. It's not just him and it's not just that. They're all free because when you show up to worship, when we gather together, when we worship corporately as a body, when we come together and we lift up the name of Jesus, name above all names, and we begin to worship and we sing to our God, it's literally the people that are around you are impacted by that. They're impacted by the Spirit of God moving. And in this moment, through this worship, and as he's praising, and as he's honoring God, supernatural shows up. And the power of God shows up in a very real way. And I just, I want to tell you here today that if you are searching for God's calling, maybe you're walking in God's calling, maybe you've been searching for God's will, you've been searching for what he's calling you into here this morning. I just want to tell you to trust him every step. And when you step into a storm, Worship through it. Worship through the storm in the middle of the battle. Some of you are here today and you're going through a storm. You're going through a battle. You're facing something in life that's so challenging, so difficult, so heavy. Maybe you're facing a battle here this morning that you didn't prepare for. You weren't planned for. You, you didn't plan for it. You had no idea. It came out of left field, and that's the battle you're dealing with right now. And I just want to encourage you here in this season that God hasn't left you. He hasn't left your side. He's still with you. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He is close to those who are crushed in spirit. God has not abandoned you. He's not forsaken you. Even in the storm, even in the prison, he's with you. He's close to you. So could you bow your heads here this morning? I want to pray over our church here today. And I just, I want to, I want to give you the opportunity here today to accept Christ Jesus into your life. And I also want to pray for people who are here today who, uh, Maybe you're dealing with a storm. Maybe you're in a similar season as the Apostle Paul. You're, you, you feel like you're in a prison. You're going, what's going on right now? God, what are you up to? Well, what's, what's going on? Where are you, God? But church, I want to lead you. Maybe you're here today. And the first step for you is to accept Christ Jesus into your life. You might be here and you look, I'm not right with God. And I, I, don't, I don't know the Lord. I want to give you the opportunity to accept Jesus here this morning. So with every head bowed and every eye closed here today, um, I'm going to pray this prayer out loud. I want the whole congregation, whole body to pray this out with me. And if you want to accept Christ Jesus into your life, pray this prayer. It's not, there's no, there's nothing, nothing special about the prayer. It's the posture of your heart. You're saying, I want to accept Jesus into my life. This is a decision between you and God. This is a decision between you and him. It's nobody else's decision. It's between you, you and him. So let's pray this out loud together, church. Heavenly Father, I know I've sinned. I know I've made mistakes. Today's a new day. I believe you died on the cross. Three days later, you rose again. I repent of my sins. I turn from my old ways. And I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and maybe you're going through something, maybe you're dealing with a battle. Uh, in your life. You're going through a storm. I want to pray for you as well, whatever it is. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what you're going through, but I know this, that God is close to you and God hasn't left you. He hasn't abandoned you. And I just want to remind some people here today that our God's a good God. He's a loving God. He has good plans for his children. So Father God, I lift up each and every person here this morning, Lord. God, different situations across the body here today 
different battles, different obstacles, Lord, different trials, different seasons. But I thank you, God, that you never leave us. Thank you that you're always with us, God. God, I thank you that you're close to us, Lord. Even when we maybe feel like we're alone out here, God. We're, God, where are you? you? Feel that way? You never left. You're right there. Right there. So close. Thank you for your presence, Father. Thank you that you never leave us, God. And when we face storms in life, God, I thank you that we continue to to follow you. We continue to put our faith in you. We continue to put all of our trust in you, Jesus. I thank you for this church body. I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you, God, for all that you're doing in our lives. God, I thank you that as as we leave this place, Lord, that we'd, we'd carry your message, we'd carry your word with us, God, that we would live this out in our lives. Thank you for meeting your people here today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, church. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.